Greyhound to trap one. Greyhound to trap one. How do you read me? Over. This week I'm delighted to welcome to the Trap One podcast singer-songwriter Klaus Joinson, creator of the excellent Doctor Who album New Adventures in Time and Space, 12 Songs for 12 Doctors. Welcome to the podcast, Klaus. Hello, thank you for having me. No problem at all. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the album. Um, I just, just got this last week. I really enjoyed listening to it on my commute to work um, over the last few days. Um, seems like it's a real labour of love. How did you come up with the idea for it? Uh, well, it was in the pub. Yeah. <laughs> All the best ideas start in the pub. Yeah, I've written songs since that. You know, all the best songs are written in the pub. You don't need an instrument; you just do it in the pub. So this came up in the pub because I, I really loved uh, the Duckworth Lewis method. Have you heard, that? Have you heard those albums? I haven't. No. No, it's the uh, Divine Comedy. It's Neil Hannon and his mate Thomas Walsh. Okay. And they did they did two albums. Two um, concept albums about cricket, and I just love the idea of just doing a concept album about something so esoteric. Yeah. So I was trying to think of something that I could do. Like, you know, I, I love concept albums. So I was thinking, what could I possibly do a concept album about that was so ridiculous that <laughs> it wouldn't, it shouldn't work at all? And then, of course, I'm a big lifelong fan of Doctor Who, so I thought. Let's do a Doctor Who concept album. And then immediately you think, of course, because each song would be about all the actors who played the Doctor of the years. And further than that, you get each song would be in the style of their era. So, you know, you start with, you know, 60s big pop, John Barry, stuff, sort of, that sort of thing. And then you go to uh, psychedelic, and then glam rock, and then punk rock, and then synth pop and then etc and it's just it just wrote itself i was amazed nobody had thought of it before yeah it's um as i absolutely loved it i um i saw your interview in the doctor who magazine um i think the episode uh, issue before last um and then it was on paul cornell's um sort of email newsletter he mentioned it and put the link to the samples you've got on soundcloud uh, as soon as I heard those, I uh, knew I definitely wanted to get the album, um, and it's, uh, yeah, absolutely superb. Thank you. How long did it take you to put something like that together from, I guess, kind of writing all the songs, recording, editing, stuff like that? It seemed like it'd be, be quite a big job. Well, it was, eventually, but the actual writing and recording of it was done really, really fast. In fact, it was, like, it was a song a day, basically. Right. Yeah, because I had... Okay, I came up with the idea in... August 2013, and I, w I was working so fast, I thought I could get it out for the 50th anniversary in November 2013. That's how quickly I was writing and recording. Of course, that's just silly. You, you can't make an album that quickly. Yeah. I pretty much finished the album by December, and then it's taken how long? Four years to come out, because that's how long it takes to to get an album out, it's yeah. to mix it, you've got to master it, you've got to do the artwork. It took longer to do the artwork than it did to say to make the album. Right. The artwork, yeah, on the um the sleeve notes I mean, is 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 great. I love all the, the little references you've got in between the lyrics, the little sketches and uh, and stuff like that. And then the the picture of uh 
the doc, first Doctor and Susan with their record collection. Great. That was that was not my idea. That was uh, my producer Bob. He came up with that. Great. Uh, I drew it in. He, he drew it yeah. first. Uh, and there's there's tons of uh, of uh, Doctor references throughout the the first song in particular. I love uh, Verity and Delia. Um, I found the chorus was, was uh, quite an earworm as well. The um, uh, I won't sing it because I've got a terrible singing voice. But the Verity and Delia will make the old girl fly. Exactly. Yeah, I thought that was a that was a great line. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was a bit of an earworm. I listened on the way into work the other day, and I had it in my head all morning. <laughs> Um, that songs are written in pubs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and a nice, nice tribute to uh, the um, great Lambert and Delia Smith as well. Um, you know, kind of obviously. Delia Smith. Delia Sorry. Smith. Oh no! What did I say? No. <laughs> Delia, Delia Darbyshire. Delia Darbyshire. What am I talking about? Uh, yeah, uh, great Lambert and Delia Darbyshire. Sorry. Yeah, as uh, it was two key parts of the the success of the uh, the show starting off, obviously. Yeah, well, that's scene, um, Adventure in Space and Time. Is that right? That's uh, Mark Gatiss. Yeah, yeah, the TV movie thing's brilliant, isn't it? Oh, it's great. That was the, uh, that was, it's about the same time as the 50th anniversary, so all these shows were coming up and things. And of course, you know, it reminded me, Verity Lambert was the very first producer. He went on to produce Minder and things like that. I was like, God, yes, it must have been, you know. And that, and mind because I knew it was going to be a very male album. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, 12 Doctors, they're all, they're all men. There was no idea of Jodie Whittaker at the time. Yeah. There was no idea of Peter Capaldi. That came later. Mm. And um, so I thought, yeah, it's going to be, you know, a very male-oriented album. So I'll guess, I'll acknowledge the, you know, the role that these two particular women played at the time. Brilliant. And then uh, for the second Doctor, the uh, Base Under Siege is the song you got for that one. Yes. Psychedelic. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And I love the little coda as well about season 6B. Yes. Do you know where that's from? Uh, the, the the season 6B or the uh, the music? Concept. Concept of season 6B. Yeah, it's, it's Terence Dix's idea, isn't it? That um, because the second Doctor and the two Doctors was travelling um, under the instructions of the Time Lords, yeah. Um, that, uh, yeah, post, um, post-war post games, post, uh, post-trial, but before Exile, he was uh, he had all these adventures with Jamie, yeah. I don't know, it was Terence Dix, I thought it was Paul Connell and uh, his fellow co-writers on the Discontinuity Guard. Ah, right. Oh, did they originate it? I think. Um, I think you're right. Those Terence Dix did have that idea. I think he to explain. Yeah. Yeah, the two doctors. I think he he um, maybe ran with it a little bit in some of the uh, like the past Doctor Adventures books and things like that. Ah, yes. So I think it was Paul Connell originally. Right. Ah, right. And Terence Dix ran with it. Yeah. Um, and. Um, I think Robert Holmes has got to be acknowledged there as well. Yeah, yeah, he wrote the two doctors, didn't he? Yeah, so uh, yeah, kind of created the um, the little window that they could put it in in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Paul Cornell, I um, saw in the uh, Doctor Who magazine article that uh, it was Timeworm Revelation that um, was a uh, was kind of made you into a, a big Doctor Who fan. Well, I was always Doctor Who fan growing mm-hmm. up, but I sort of fell out in love with it in the Colin Baker years. 
And then the sort of I watched Sylvester McCoy, but it wasn't especially. Mm. And then the books came along, and I saw this book in the shop, and it was Time Worm Genesis. Mm-hmm. And I, I read it, and it wasn't very good. It was by John Peel, not that John Peel. Yeah. And uh, but I continued reading them. They had not much else to do. And I got a Time Worm Revelation, and just it was a revelation. It's like. This is how you do Doctor Who. You don't do it on the telly, you do it in books. And it's brilliant. Time Wear Revelation is a brilliant book. It and is, yeah. I, I read it when I came out. I was only 12 when it came out, and uh, it really stayed with me. Um, it, it's one of the new adventures that I really remember. Um, I reread it last year. And, and what Did kind you? of, yeah, what, what kind of struck me? About it? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, and what, what really struck me about it, rereading it again, was how much of it um, is similar to the, the, the new series, you know, since it came back. Um, even on the cover, you know, you've got the buildings on the moon, which we saw uh, in Smith & Jones, the, yes. um, the child in the spacesuit, uh, you know, it's kind of oh, like yes. the Young River oh, Song. Sure. Um, the whole afterlife idea, it's been, been kind of yeah. used with the, uh, the death in heaven and stuff. All kinds of stuff. It seems so influential going back to it now for the uh, for the new series. Well, it's the same things uh, with uh, Lawrence Miles and Alien Bodies. Yeah, yeah. With it's the usually influential on the series, I think, because it's got the whole time war concept. It's got the you just you can see where it all comes from. Yeah, yeah. That those those ideas, uh, yeah, had their kind of genesis uh, back then. Uh, but your first, uh, I think you said in the, uh, again, the Doctor Who magazine, your earliest Doctor Who memory was The City of Death Part 1 cliffhanger, is that right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I was going to write a song, and it was going to be called The First Episode of The City of Death and The Last Five Minutes of It. I, was, I just listened to your uh, last podcast with, um, I forgot his name, actually. Ah, Richard, yeah. about City of Death and Douglas Adams. Yeah. And I was terrified of Doctor Who when I was growing up, when I was in my, you know, four, five, six, seven. And then they had the ITV strike. And this is when I was nine. And there was nothing else to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I watched City of Death. I thought, give this a go. I've been terrified of it. How bad can it be? So I watched the first episode of City of Death. Now, the first episode of City of Death they're in Paris, it's Tom and Lala Ward, and they're roving around Paris, they're having a great time, nothing bad happens. And then in the last minute, Julian Glover rips off his face, <laughs> and there's a horrible, weird, queer monster with a single eyeball in the middle. And he go, I screamed and <laughs> ran from the room. This nine-year-old me. And I didn't watch it again until... Uh, well, till the end of the next series, I think I watched Log Logopolis. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was when it first got me going. That was I was ten by then, but oh, still traumatic. Yeah, it's a, just a great story as well, isn't it? Like, you know, oh, looking back on it now, it's a classic, classic. Brilliant. Yeah. It's Douglas Adams for God's sake. But at the time, I didn't know any of that. I was just like. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> It's funny, I think, when, when you're a kid as well, you don't notice the effects and things like that. Because um, I was really... Well, I, I only started watching with The Happiness Patrol, um, so sort of eight or nine when, when it was Sylvester McCoy. 
Um, and it wasn't a few years later when I went back and watched Survival on VHS. Um, I, the, 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 a lot of the cats or the kitlings are like quite bad animatronics, aren't they? Yes. Never <laughs> noticed that when I was a kid. I just thought they were just cats. Or that, the, you know, they were weird because they're aliens or something. She's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the level we're talking. It's, yeah. It's about the same, uh, same standard, isn't it? Uh, you don't notice that when you're a child, do you? No, no, not at all. Um, it's uh, I think it's the great thing with Doctor Who. It's uh, the, you just get carried along with it, don't you? The uh, the ideas and everything else. Absolutely. Uh, that's, uh, what, that's what I say. Yeah, I think the best Doctor Who is in books. I never really watched Doctor Who when I got into it. I just read the novelizations. I've still not read, uh, watched loads of episodes of Doctor Who that people go on and on and on about. I don't have to. I've read them much better in my head than they are on the telly. Yeah. So is it, the, did you go back and read the Target novelizations as well? Then? Oh, yeah. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> again and again and again. Because uh, I was going to say, actually, there's, um, there's a huge amount of references. I was going to say, what was your kind of preparation like? Did you go and do a big rewatch or a reread, or is it is it all from memory? I had to do a rewatch. Um, I just got the discontinuity guide. I just read ah, that. Ah, right, yeah. That's Paul Connell and Keith Topping, isn't it? Yeah, Martin Day, I think it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's three of them, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Um, I, I love that book. Yeah. yeah. That's where season 6B came from. Yeah. That's why, that's why that's in there. And all sorts of other weird things. Yeah. There's also Mary Whitehouse song. Yeah. You know about this? Well, that's, that was based on an essay written by Philip Sanderpen. Kind of legendary essay. He wrote ten thousand words on the deadly assassin. Yes. I shouldn't say he because he's now a she. Yeah. <laughs> Do you Elizabeth, know about this? Elizabeth Sandifer. Yeah. Elizabeth Sandifer. Okay, I call call her Elizabeth now. Yes. Anyway, she wrote this ten thousand. Oh, I think it was even longer than that. It's twelve thousand. Twelve thousand word essay on the deadly assassin, which is just lunatic. Yeah. Anyway, and I, <laughs> and I thought. How best to pay tribute to this than to condense that essay into a 56-second punk song? That's where, that's where Mary Whitehouse comes from. It's uh, yeah, it's because it's um, it comes off the uh, the Fourth Doctor song. Yes. You've got Walking in Eternity. What I quite liked about that is it's, it goes through kind of three distinct styles, um, much the way Tom Baker's era did, as the producers changed. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was a, a nice way of doing it. Yeah, that um, I hadn't picked up on the um, the Elizabeth Sandifer thing, but I, I do remember that essay because I've got the books of the um, Tardis Eridatorium. Yeah, um, and uh, the the thing that re- I really remember from that article is uh, the idea that that was the the story that kind of set in motion the uh, the end of Doctor Who because it was the yes. uh, the Doctor <laughs> drowning that really got Mary Whitehouse's knickers in a twist. Yeah, uh, which well, led... is carried on for another how many more years? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like the, I like the concept that it was the death of Doctor Who, but the reality isn't quite the same. Yeah, it was a slow death, wasn't it? Yeah, it's uh, an enjoyable death. I enjoyed many, many stories after that. Yeah, um, yeah. I suppose it's like the tenth Doctor regeneration of deaths, isn't it? That it's uh, it, yes. it went on for quite a long time before he finally uh, finally went out. Um, and then the for the fifth Doctor, the song Soap Opera. Yes. Uh, it, it kind of um, tells us what you think of uh, of that era 
a bit. Yes, I had to tone it down a bit because it's about the same time that all those revelations were coming out about John Nathan Turner and uh, his friends. Of course, yeah, with the book, yeah. So it was, it was, I, the original lyrics are a bit strong, shall we say. And I, I, you record it quickly, then you look back on it and go like, nah, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the line in there, um, got an advisor on board, but his vision yes. is impaired. was very, yes. very good. <laughs> good yeah. About. yeah. <laughs> and of course, that was his era as well. Yeah. That was, you know, that's what he was, super producer and record executive and things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. When I, well, the great thing about it, I've listened to the album two or three times, pick up on different things every single time. Uh, but the second time I heard that line, I thought, oh, yes, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Thank you. Thank you for that, Philip Lee. Thank you for Attack of the Sidemen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then um, uh, Master Plan. For the... I said Philip Levine. It's Ian Levine, isn't it? Sorry? I said Philip Levine. It's Ian Levine, not Philip Levine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel better about saying Delia Smith now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My memory cheats as well. Um, I was going to say, yeah, master plan for the seventh doctor. I said, this is the era where I came in, so I, I, I kind of love these stories. Uh, the the way the song cuts out, um, just it's kind of, uh, you know, kind of saying that the future's never look better, and it cuts to the cloister bell. Yes. I thought a great a great representation of the the untimely axing of uh, of the original run of Doctor Who. What's- as I say, I was watching the show at the time, and I was like, I wasn't turning it off like I was with Colin Baker. I was going like, ooh, this is kind of interesting. I, was like, I remember watching Survival, thinking like, this is great. You know, this looks really good. It's, you know, and then that was it. It was gone. It was gone. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, you got Red Dwarf. I said, <laughs> it's not quite the same. No. No, all those kind of nineties attempts, uh, you know, kind of bugs, wasn't it? And the crime traveller were just fell well yeah. short. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the same. No, I think I think that that last run of uh, sort of Curse of Fenric, Ghostlight, Survival, um, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the really sad little in the wilderness bit at the end of that one. Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> Um, well, I think it's redeemed by the um, New Adventures song, because that was that was where I was at the time. I thought, yeah, I don't need Doctor Who on the telly anymore. This is where it should, where it belongs. Is the books? The yeah, books are better. I thought, and they came out every month, didn't they, for years? Yes, well, every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, I I got them all except for the last one. I didn't. I never got the Dying Days. Oh, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> Wanna borrow uh, it? Uh, I've read it because the uh, the BBC website put it up as an ebook. Oh, did they? Yeah, um, I think this would have been uh, sort of early two thousands when it was um, also a BBC cult online and everything. Um, and so, they put put a few of them up as ebooks. I think they put Human Nature and uh, and a few others. But yeah, the other one I didn't have. Oh one. yes, I remember this now. Yeah. Uh, so so you, finally you read um, Bernie Shaggin, Doctor Paul McGann. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe you got away with that. Yeah, that was uh, that was it. They went to some weird places, didn't they? Those books. Yeah, didn't care, <laughs> didn't care about that book. Yeah, yeah. I suppose especially the last one. That was um, 
That was they do. They'd lost the license, hadn't they? And uh, it was uh, yeah, kind of um, well. The 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 rumors and the and the way the book looks to begin with, it's as if they've killed the Doctor off as well, isn't it? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Cleverly done. Yeah. Uh, That's the thing about about Doctor Who. There's no canon. Yeah. Stephen Moffat has pointed this out quite a few times tonight. There's no canon. There's no one person saying this is this is what it should be. This is what it should be. Mm-hmm. No, isn't even Stephen Moffat said like, yeah, I've, I'm in charge for a bit, but then it moves on to the next guy, and then it's he decides what's canon, and then it always changes. So it can, all all of it is canon. My my album is canon. Yeah, makes <laughs> <laughs> no sense. But yeah. Yeah, that's it. Because it, it's always been everyone just selectively, um, you know, kind of uh, taking the bits that they like and forgotten the bits they don't. And you know, there's, uh, yeah, just, you, just accept it's all canon. Yeah, <laughs> this this podcast is canon. Yes, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then once you uh, the album moves on to the new series, uh, it kind of really kicks up a gear. I love um, Fantastic for the Ninth Doctor and oh, you shouldn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be kind of awful. <laughs> I I don't like Oasis. I really don't like Oasis. Do you like them? Um, not really. I always preferred Blur. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was always the art school on the thing as well. Didn't I? Yeah. yeah. I fit, I think oh. the the kind of the bombast of the song fits the Ninth Doctor though. The the kind it of does. swagger of it, doesn't it? Of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a scouser I can I can pile into the next one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that actually, I don't know if this is uh in um going back to Verity and Delia, um you sound like David Morrissey, I think. Do I? Yeah, I I, I in in that song and, and one of the other ones, um might be walking in eternity. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've heard David Morrissey sing, but it's kind of how I imagine David Morrissey <laughs> singing. Yeah, well, he's from the same part of the world as I am. So yeah. That's, that's, he's also got, I'm not very Scouse. You can hear it a lot. I mean, there's, there's the line in um, Face Under Siege where I say, nothing in the wheels, yeah. stop it now. It's one of those words that Scouse accent brings out wheels yeah <laughs> and, and so yeah we're from the same part of the world so i say i'm not very scouse like he's not very scouse really he's you can only hear it in certain words yeah that's what I, that's what i sound like cool and then uh is it casanova supernova right. uh great one for the 10th doctor as well yes uh, i was that, by that point in 2000 and when was that 2006 I was a DJ. I was an indie DJ. So I was playing a lot of Libertines and Kaiser Chiefs and yeah. things like that. And so I knew that music backwards. And when and David Tennant based his look on the Kaiser Chiefs and Ricky Wilson. Yeah. And, you know, sap shoes and, <laughs> and the sharp suits. Obviously, David oh, Tennant just played Casanova as well. Um, oh, yeah. Mate. yeah. It just... And it's also... It's also addressing the fact that he seems to be shagging everyone at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going out with... The woman who played his, well, he actually married the woman who played his daughter. Yeah, Georgia was, Moffat. Was going out with Madame de Pompadour as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was uh, He was going out with her. And then there was always kind of stories about 
kind of um, going out with members of the crew and things like that, wasn't he? Kylie as well. <laughs> yeah. So he's swirling about how exactly who he was shagging. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they seem like Stephen Moffat picked up in that in Day of the Doctor as well. Um, yes. He's kind of, uh, obviously when you, you bring an old Doctor back like that, it's kind of a bit of a thumbnail and the... The, the, that seemed to be the aspect that he uh, he played on, wasn't it? it was the uh, the Lothario side of him, the uh, Queen Elizabeth and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, imagine Bernie Summerfield meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, it kind of rounds off with uh, River Song. Yes. Yeah, I like the 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 way it changed around there. It's all from River Song's point of view. Um, she's kind of most closely associated with, with the Eleventh Doctor, um, and it's got a, a, a twisty kind of history and everything. It's uh... you know, it's a palindromic song. It's a, it's a song that's a palindrome. It's... Ah. It goes backwards. Ah, it's right. A... Yes. So I haven't spotted that, that at all. behind that song. <laughs> yeah, I um, I've, I've got the lyrics in front of me. Yeah, I can see that now. Yeah. I don't think that was entirely a success. Partly because we couldn't get a vocoder. Well, no, what's, not a vocoder. What's the, um, oh, God, what's it called? It's, it's the machine that makes you sing in tune. Um, auto key. Auto tune, yes. Auto -tune. Yeah. I couldn't get an auto tune at all. I was meant to be on that, and we just couldn't find it, so we just turned it to a weird Dalek voice. Ah, um, right. Still not happy with that. So what is that to sound like a female voice or? No, it's so like um, oh god, it's it's no Drake. Yeah, his voice. Wait, do ah, I got you right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an all electronic effect on it. It's called that's also tune. Ah, right. Oh, okay, I got you now. Right. And I couldn't get. It's really, really expensive to get proper auto tune, and I just couldn't get any cheap versions of it. Right. Ah, cool. Um, and then um, Drunk in Time for Peter Capaldi is just brilliant. <laughs> it wasn't... It, so when it was originally conceived, it was still Matt Smith as the Doctor, so it was only going to be 11 songs. Right. And then halfway through making the album, he announced, oh, Matt Smith's leaving. And I'm going, oh. And then a few weeks later, oh, it's going to be Peter Capaldi. Uh, well, I've got to write a song about him now, haven't I? Because, you know, there's no... <laughs> But I had no reference points at all because the only thing I knew him from was, you know, Malcolm Tucker. Ah, the thick of it, yeah. Yeah. And there is a sketch online which, go and look, just type in Drunk in Time to YouTube. And there's a sketch with him and Alexi Sale. And, of course, Alexi Sale is a fellow Scouser. Yeah. So it's them two. Peter Cavaldi doing a Scouse accent as well, mind you. As people who are drunk in time, and that was that's the origin of that. But the musical origins origins were, of course, the Bonzo Dog Band, the intro and the outro. Yeah. Which is just uh, keep introducing instruments until it builds up and builds and builds and builds. Uh, yeah, love those. Very good. Yeah. So you've actually got um, more tracks on as well. Um, the kind of bonus ones, aren't they? Than the uh, the twelve advertised. Yes. <laughs> it's 18 songs on this album. 12, 12 songs for 12 doctors. Actually, it's 18. 
Brilliant. Well, I um, absolutely recommend it to anybody. I'll um, I'll put links in the show notes to the uh, the sample uh, on SoundCloud that that I originally heard. Um, yes. And I'll find the the drunken time uh, video as well. I'll, I'll put that on the same page. Yeah, Alexis Sale and Peter Capaldi. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't um, I hadn't realised that was reference to anything. I just uh, I just thought it was brilliant anyway. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Warning. There's a lot of swearing on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's very Markham Tucker, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's the only reference point I had. Yeah. I could have done local hero references, I suppose, but I haven't seen it for a while. No, it's it's uh, yeah, that was more kind of in the uh, in the popular memory, wasn't it? At the time, that was the when as soon as he was cast, that's what all the jokes and uh, and memes are about, weren't they? Yeah, I was like, I think I post on Twitter, so like, oh, I'm looking forward to all the kids looking forward to yeah. <laughs> seeing, seeing Peter Capaldi's earlier work. <laughs> yeah, and they go looking for it. Video. <laughs> uh, of course, Alexis Sell was in. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. Um, Big fan. Right? Revelation of the Daleks, isn't it? Is, uh, the Colin Baker one. DJ. Yeah. That's one of the few Colin Baker ones I've actually liked. Yeah. Pro- probably because of Alexis Sell. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's quite a larger than life character in that one, isn't he? Uh, so thank you very much for joining me today, Klaus. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure talking to you about your album. Uh, where can the listeners find your stuff online? Well, I've got a SoundCloud, but it's only got four songs on it. Uh, but if you want to buy the album, it's on Amazon and buy a Pro Records. I will link to those as well. Thank you very much for listening at home. Join me next time. Jason Miller will be back and we'll be looking at Paul Connell's Twice Upon a Time novelization. Klaus has very kindly given us permission. We're going to go out with uh, Verity and Delia, um, which is the first Doctor track from the album. So thank you very much for for that, and uh, we'll go to that now. Everyone I talk to, but it's a different one. I know somebody who really likes walking in eternity. That's their favourite. I said, really? (laughs) (laughs) Which one's your favourite? My favourite, I think, is... 
Oh, God, I don't know. There you go. Um, well, I like Base Under Siege because yeah. that's lit- literally the first take. Every instrument on that is the first take. There's right. no redubs or overdubs or anything. And, of course, it says wield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my favorite. I do like uh, Five Rounds Rapid as well, the the sheer number of references to all the different poetry stories and that. Yeah. I was already yeah. running out of ideas there, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, oh, God, what do I say about John Perry? Do I mention the Navy game or do I uh, carry on clear? Or no, I just go through his stories. They're all great. <laughs> the, um, the witty little kind of uh, um, little uh, pre-season, though. I love the... Uh, Martians discussing the common market, that yes. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Hales, well, his mind was elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the first one's all about the common market, the second one's all about... Oh, the minor strike, yeah. The, minor uh, strike, yes. Monster of Peladon, yeah. <laughs> he was just, get your eyes off the news, <laughs> Ryan. 